I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. You can act like a man! Right, lad, it's time to man up. Yeah. Come on. Take your boys to a little corner and teach them how to cry all I don't day. Think that's what What is masculinity? Welcome back to the Anti-Mask Podcast, where we make compassionate critiques of masculinities in the 21st century. I'm Stephen Harvey, and as per usual, I'm here with my main girlie, Alistair Ingalls. How are you doing, Alistair? I'm all right. I'm good, thanks. Um, cool. I'm fine. How was your Easter? How was my Easter? Yeah. I didn't notice it, other than... Yeah, so the holiday. I mean, was it holidays? Well, yeah, yeah, we had the had the day off, but um, I didn't get any eggs. I didn't didn't paint any eggs. Nah. Uh, I I ate some eggs, but that's not very unusual. You know, I have eggs. Uh, uh, dairy eggs or chocolate eggs? Like chick from a chicken. Yeah. Right. No. That. Well, that's not very. That happens all year round, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. You can't be like, oh, I'm going to have an egg on Easter. I had one two days ago, but... Uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, pretty pretty standard, really. Fair play. How was your Easter? Yeah, again, I didn't really notice it. But this is a long reach. But yesterday, I spent about 10 hours in the garden working on the coffee table I'm building from scratch. And it was so wholesome. And the loose biblical link is that I keep joking to people that I am a carpenter now and you can call me Joseph. Who was uh, Jesus' cuckolded stepdad. Yeah. yeah. Do you want to be... Imagine being cuckolded by, like, a, a super being. Cuckolded. So, can you explain to me what that actually means? Because I see, a, I see a lot of it on online and, like, I just can't be arsed, like, actually reading into, like what it's all about um i think it's so i see like i see guys that i don't really want to talk to saying, saying cuck all the time yeah all right fair. Um, and i'm like i, I don't i don't, I don't talk to it. those guys either so maybe their definition's a bit different i think there's a whole fucking ep- episode in it and uh <laughs> that's something we should look into yeah, like I- the history of cuckold but i definitely know that like historically and culturally it is just someone who like a, a a male in a straight relationship who is, whose female partner has cheated on them and then they've been cuckolded by the man and the woman. So it is some like pretty um, problematic derogatory term of like a man basically losing an element of manhood or, or being shown up as not being that masculine because he hasn't like kept onto his woman as it were. Mm. But I think it's become a kink. Right. So, like, when I'm on, like, king caps and stuff, a lot of people are like, oh, I'm into cuckold. And basically then, like, partners in open relationships will invite a third person to come and, like, do stuff with one of the partners and the other person watch. And it's kind of like a fantasy thing. And that would also be classed as, like, cuckold, but it's, like, consensual. Mm. <laughs> cool. All right, next one. Yeah, it's basically it's basically just getting pied off, getting pied yeah, off. Yeah, getting by your wife. pied off in a sexy way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sound. 
which I guess um, th- there must be writings about this to do with the, like the story of Mary's, like the Immaculate Conception as well. Aye, if you're going to get cuckolded by by any one or thing, then it may as well be, um, you know, the Holy Ghost. Yeah. So I don't think Joseph should should feel in any way emasculate, emasculated, emasculated. You know what I mean. I know what you mean. Emasculated, I think. Aye. But, but yeah, but he he was the humble carpenter. He was the one, you know, putting together bookshelves and wardrobes when we didn't have Ikea. Yeah. In in, in the Holy Land. <laughs> so, uh, good on him. Yeah. I went, uh, I went for, I finally went for a swim in a loch on um, Friday. It was really sunny, but it was freezing. And, uh, Man, I was so cold. But um I we were chatting to to this um this woman when she was coming out and we were gonna go in, we were like, How's how's the how's how's the water? And she was like, It's freezing da, da, da. all that that just kind of general chat. And um yeah. and then when when when, when I came out, I, she was still there and I was like chatting to her and I could not speak because my jaw was like like tight, so yeah, and I was like, yeah. my, it was like vibrating, and I was like trying to like put a brave face on it. I'm like, oh man, I just, I just sounded, I sounded like an alien. It was horrible. You sound like um, something I'll talk about later, but like you know, like blokes who have just like conditioned themselves to live up to a certain masculine stereotype, and their jaws are just so fucking, you know, like. They stick their jaws out in a very unnatural, intense position. Yeah, yeah. And then you can't actually move them in any way whatsoever. <laughs> Massive underbite. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The underbite boys. <laughs> the underbite boys. Yeah, yeah. I've met them. I've met them loads. Uh, haven't we all? Right, should we get on with it? Let's get started. What is masculinity? So, today... We were going to talk about shootings because of recent news events that I'm sure plenty of people know about. But then we found out that a really exciting book is coming out on Tuesday about shootings in America and structural violence. So we're not going to do that yet because we want to read that book and sound dead clever when we've read about all the structural violence and then we can link it up to masculinity and there'll be loads of like tasty hot takes and that. But... We were going to afterwards talk about our childhoods a little bit and how we get conditioned into acting and being certain ways that society sees as men. And the conflict that lies there between what you cherish, what was fun about that growing up and what maybe you don't want to like get rid of and cast off but also identifying the problematic stuff and what can be changed and does need to change. Um, I'm quite excited about where this is going to go. I don't have much prepared, but uh, Alistair, what what have you got to say about that for the off? Yeah. Um, well, something I wanted to, to talk about uh, was swimming during PE, which is not like... Uh, like exclusively masculine thing experience, yeah. but it is like 
I think it's quite a gender. Uh, there's like you're definitely aware of of gender whenever well, whenever you do PE, really. I think. Um, yeah. And and I think swimming was was also one of those times. I, I think a lot of people will have, you know, their own kind of uncomfortable experience to tell with swimming mm. in PE. I think it's similar to like similar to COVID, and our nation's like constant exposure to to Nigel Farage. I think like swimming lessons during PE is one of those collective traumas that we've just gone through as a nation. Um, I didn't know where you were going with that. <laughs> everyone just knows it's crap. Apart from that, that 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 weird few who have swimming lessons outside of school. Yeah, and are sick at it, and and are like like massive Farage heads. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So it's not really fun for anyone, I don't think. And so yeah, I must have been like thirteen or fourteen around the time, and and um, still going through puberty, which is which is a difficult time, even at the best of times, even when you don't yeah. have to to waddle topless around a pool in front of your peers. You know, it's still uh, yeah. it's still quite a, like an anxious time. And I was I remember being I was hyper aware of body image stuff. Right. At that time as well. And I think that is just a kind of general thing that the most people feel at that age. I'm not sure if it's because like I grew up like mostly I, I was like brought up by my mum and then I had an older sister to look up to and like maybe I kind of I'm not sure if, if like body image is, is uh like more of a thing to to women if they like think about it more and maybe I like picked up on that like as a young young boy. I don't know. But Living I was definitely in a house of predominantly women. Aye. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. I'm not sure if that's why, but I definitely remember being like aware of it a mm-hmm. lot. And I remember, like, given given my age, because I was 13, 14 or something, um, you know, you're not not muscly or anything. And my arms, yeah. my limbs were kind of, like, a bit skinny and a bit kind of sinewy and a bit lithe. But um, but I had a lot of abdominal fat. Um, right. I just had, like, puppy fat, as my mum right. called it. Um, <laughs> this kind of, like, wee little, like, layer of blubber, you know? And I, yeah. and I hated it. Absolutely yeah. hated it, right? And I, ex- I remember I exercised loads because I was—I mean, I was like quite an active, like yeah, yeah, yeah. I was always like doing sports and stuff, but I just couldn't shift this like this belly fat. And um, I mind I had the yeah, I mind I had like I had like inverted nipples. Do you know? What I was, and they just pointed in. They pointed in, yeah, because I had like little kind of wee man boobs. Um, okay, yeah, right, I got you. You know what I mean? And. Um, so I was like, and like folk would, I mind folk would laugh at this like during, um, just like normally during getting changed at PE. So I was like, oh, I was just really not looking forward to swimming, you know? And um, yeah. I don't know if, I don't know if I hated, if I hated m- my body intrinsically or if it was because other folk laughed at it. I don't know, like which way round it was. Right, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, that's a really tough question. It must vary so much for each individual. Because mm. there might be people who have next to never actually been told explicitly something negative about their body, but they see so much on media 
and and it implicitly tells them, oh, you're not enough. But then other people will have just been bullied for their body type. Yeah, media ex- implicitly tells them you're just not enough. Yeah. And peers explicitly tell them that yeah, they're not yeah, enough. Yeah. So it's a combo of that, I think. There's definitely just like a... It's just like part of... I'd, I'd say the patter, but it's just like almost like modus operandi in it in a, in a changing room of like people under a certain ideally under a certain age it must carry on into adult life unfortunately but it's just like young people just think one of the things you talk about is just mugging off other people's bodies yeah. do you know what I mean like what what changing room have you been in it's definitely like before the age of 18 where that hasn't happened Um, probably just when me and my dad were getting changed. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Probably that's the only time. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't remember him being like, ha ha, look at your, look at your inverted nipples. Yeah. Um, well, that's, that's, that's nice of him. Yeah, that's, that's just good parenting. Yeah. Um, I, so, so that was like, that was pretty stressful. And I mind, um, because I, because like the way I dressed and like, I didn't have like a kind of chubby face. I, I managed right. to hide my belly like quite well. Right. Okay. So I remember, um, I remember like when we were swimming, seeing the heavy dudes, right. Who's, who just like, the, there was no hiding their bellies. Like I got you. they could yeah, dress yeah, how yeah. they wanted, but like, you know, you could, you knew they were heavy guys. Right. And like big, big necks and big limbs and, and all mm. that. And I remember like, when we were swimming, I remember thinking, oh God, these guys have got it so easy because everyone knows already that they're chubby, right? They can oh, go out and they can yeah. make a joke and then it's all forgotten. Do you know what I mean? Because uh, uh, it's kind of never forgotten as well. Yeah, it's like, it's like, yeah. not, it's like, it's not some big kind of like reveal. But I was like, I'm going to get fucking found out here, man. When I go yeah. out here, I'm going to get found out. Which is like ridiculous, man. It's, um, but I was just, uh, oh, and I mind um, when, you know, when you, we know when everyone like parades out and you, and yeah. you get kind of like, you get kind of like eyed up for the first time. Yeah. You're like, we all had to like sit, we had to like sit on the side and, and, and the teacher was going to like uh, t- tell us how to do some, some stroke or something. And, um, and we were all like sat and I was like, quite, you know how, you know how it's like when you sit down, your belly folds. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, and it doesn't really matter how skinny you are; it just it folds. You get rolls. Yeah. You get you get little rolls. I was thinking about that the other day. Like, no one looks well. It's wrong. No one should be expected to look attractive putting socks on whilst they're sat down. <laughs> like, it's just it's just not going to happen. Yeah, it's the great it's the great leveler. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Anyway, so you sat by the pool. Yeah, yeah, and I was worried that I was that I was just conscious of like my belly folds. So I mind I had this like. I had this ridiculous posture. I sat there with like my back like pure straight, like a rod was up it, and like, and like I had like my knee, my hands like my hands on my knees, and I had my arms like, like locked really straight. And I just mm. like, I looked fucking mental. And um, and this I remember this lassie was sat next to me, and she was like, "Why are you sitting like that?" And. Uh, <laughs> And I was like, fuck's sake, man. There's just nowhere to hide here, is there? Yeah. Um, but on reflection... So she wasn't is... even talking about your belly. She was just wondering why you were doing that. Exactly. 
Exactly. Yeah. It's quite on reflection. It's kind of nice because she was like, "There's no need to cover up." Yeah, she's like, "Everyone's yeah. got a body. It's yeah. not weird. What is weird is that you look like you've got fucking rigor mortis." Yeah, or, or you're about to shit yourself or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um. So that was. So that was. Aye. That was. That was. That's not uh, good. That's interesting. Um, I, I think again, I keep saying it. There's a whole other episode in this because I think we need to look into it a bit more because it's not our demographic now. But I can't remember who it was. But I mean, I should keep it anonymous anyway. But a friend was talking about a friend who is a teacher, and she was on about just how many of these high school kids have um, body issues and body image issues. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. How she was just on about how many of these kids have body image issues. And um whoever was telling me was like referring to the boys specifically. And one really common thing is that the teacher would ensure everyone's got their shirts tucked in before they go into class. And then within about ten minutes, she just noticed that all the bigger boys have untucked their shirts. And there's clearly just like a widespread insecurity about tucking your shirt in because it, it tightens around your belly and it exposes it more. Yeah. Um, the muffin top. Is, yeah. Yeah. And then that, that just made me and my friends who were all in our late 20s kind of... We, we didn't want to be like, ooh, there was no toxic body image stuff in the media back in the 90s and noughties because obviously there was... But there wasn't social media. And it'd be interesting to see how, you know, if you're like growing up with TikTok now, it's just like nuts how how good influencers look in a, such a unattainable way. Yeah. I don't even know if good's the right word because I don't really like it because I think I know that it's unattainable and people are paying for all sorts of surgery be it temporary or permanent to look a certain way that not everyone's going to mm. and they get rewarded for it right it's like yeah and they get rewarded for it's it why they're influencers because they look because they look palatable um yeah you know anyway i think what i wanted to talk about was how that all affects young men Hi. Because uh, yeah. I'm sure plenty of people who are far more qualified to talk about it are talking about it with women. Mm. Um, but I remember hearing like a report about a lad who was like 14 and he was doing like 500 press ups a day and sit ups and just trying to get absolutely ripped, even though he was just like a skinny young teenager. It's not, it's not really good for you at like an early age. Well, that's what I was always told because I was like, Mum, can, can we get some weights? When I was like, yeah. when I was like sixteen or something, I was like, "Can you buy me some weights, please?" And she yeah. was like, "No, no, don't be stupid." But I do mind there was like some like early developed kids, boys in my class, but they were also like the scary dudes, you know. Um, yeah, they they were um, not the nice boys. Yeah. Um, well, I was early developed, but I was a nice boy. Yeah. Did you have I'm like? Were you, were you like a, a were you like a really muscly 
Ripped. Relatively. Not yeah. ripped, but I was stocky. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I start I started lifting weights at I think fifteen. What? Um because I was playing rugby at county level at that point and I was playing like five times a week. So it was it was complementing that rather than for the sake of being muscular. Okay. If you okay. know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I think I think for my own body it was still too early. But I feel like the sort of psychological reasons I was doing it for weren't very like unhealthy. Right, you just wanted to get better at rugby. Yeah. It wasn't like um Yeah. You didn't feel like social pressure to like look a certain way. No, not necessarily. Yeah. That's good. That's good. I think I've always been a bit conscious of my belly. Um like going back to what you're saying about the swimming pool. I think the first time I ever got told I was fat was by some, and I, and I just had like puppy fat like you really, because I've I've never been, I've never been like had body fat all over really. It's largely just been my belly when I've been eating shit. So go yeah. figure. Yeah. Um, but this kid who was a bit older than me, so there was that like power dynamic. He like was chubby, like just unquestionably. And we were on this summer camp and it was boiling hot. We all took our tops off and he was just mugging me off for my belly. And then I was like, well, that's just, that's bizarre. Cause there's like this taboo here where I, again, I wouldn't want to now. Cause I just, I'm just like anyone's body is anyone's body and it's fine. But at the time I obviously was like, I should call you summit. Aye, but you couldn't. Expletative with yeah. fat in it. And 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 I'd get either reported to the staff and told off, or the backlash of bullying is going to be even worse by the older guys. But I was yeah. looking at myself and I was like, "All right, I've got a bit of puppy fat, but like, look at you." And then I went home and felt really miserable. And clearly, it was just a bit of like low key bullying as well, because I remember also going home to mum and being like, "That same kid called me gay." Right. Um, yeah. Which again is one of the one of the most thrown around words when you're a little boy to mean something negative ever. Yeah. Um, and then somehow you have to learn later in life that it's absolutely shouldn't be used for that. I say somehow like I mean somehow as in it's actually harder to get out of that circle of thinking than you think. Yeah. Because I know so so many men in their twenties now who you know would never like question the sexuality or anything are pretty implicitly homophobic and just say, oh, so-and-so is well gay. And, like, you can get angry. You ha- I think, you, like, you've got a responsibility to call them out and just be like, just think about what you mean when you say that. You're saying something's bad, so you're saying gay's bad. Do you think that? But, like, I don't think getting angry is productive because because so many people do it. It's, like, so... It's almost like, um, aye, it's almost like you can just like really quickly get, uh, maybe gaslighting's a bit strong, but like you can really quickly be the only one that's angry in like a big group. And um, and, and that can be like quite a weird, uncomfortable, well, it is uncomfortable, right? It's an uncomfortable place to be. Yeah, it'd be isolating, yeah. Yeah. But it's not to say that it's not, it's not good. It's not, yeah, it's, it's difficult. Look, it's hard to do the right thing, you know? Yeah, exactly. Um, that's why not everyone does it. 
just to um, go back to swimming, right? Um, so I, I'd like to I'd like to know if you had this thing as well because this particular like uh, worry and anxiety took up a lot of my brain power, like so right. much of my brain power, and like gallons of like nervous sweat were spilled over this, and um, and I was. I was just always like paranoid that I was going to get a boner in the changing rooms. Okay. But never like, never when I was getting changed. It was always like. Before, during, it was before and after. Yeah, it was, it was yeah, always before. before. I was always like, oh God, what if I get a boner in the changing rooms, man? Like, yeah. It's going to be well embarrassing. And mm. never was that more acute than, um, than swimming. Because like, it's not just the changing rooms you got to worry about. You got to worry about the whole swimming lesson. Like what, oh, you, get, what, you, mean, what yeah. you get a boner and I, it was just most biggest waste of, of, of like energy and because yeah, I just never, and never ever felt when I was in the situation, that was just never, ever like something that I worried about, but it was yeah. always, it's always one of these things that you worry about beforehand. Did you, uh, like, did you ever? So interestingly, that's, I don't think. I can like explicitly remember wasting loads of mental energy on that fear. I'm sure it crossed my mind at certain points in my teenage years, but that's actually been a concern of mine later in life as I've realized I'm not completely straight. Okay. And, and, uh, carrying on playing rugby in like men's teams where like grown men are going into the showers, but naked it's always been a huge concern. Um, but I don't think I've like wasted mental energy in the same way because like as an adult, you've realized that, well, not everyone, but I have, thank God. And I think everyone like needs to, is that you, there's just no need to like sexualize every naked body you've ever seen. Yeah. So like kind of my thinking is like, well, I'm largely into women and then like if i was in the women's changing rooms it would also be inappropriate to get a boner yeah yeah so i even though there'd be like more body types that i I was generally attracted to and like a minority in the men's it's still just like oh we're all just sweaty after working out so well, I suppose some people are into that, <laughs> but you got other stuff but, in your mind, you know. Yeah, you're not, yeah, exactly. You're, so you're not there to get down to business. Yeah, so there's just so even though it's been a concern, like just having adjusted that attitude as an adult, it's not it's not the end of the world, and I've never had a boner in the changing rooms. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Okay, but I'm 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 glad that like. I'm not the only one who's who's had that that worry. Must be um, pretty much everyone. What you say? Must be it pretty must much be everyone. Everyone with a penis. Yeah, yeah. Stressful man. But and then I was thinking, like, I was thinking about those those little kind of let's call them mini traumas, because like, I don't want to like blow them up proportion. But I was thinking, like, surely girls would have had way more things to worry about. Like when the when they're swimming, like, you know, the ones that like would have 
like developed early like the girls that would have had breasts by that point would have been like conscious like self-conscious about that mm-hmm. and like and like g- the girls that, ha- that hadn't whose breasts hadn't developed yet would have also been self-conscious about that you know like, yeah and then also like i was thinking like oh geez oh like you know like the traditional cut of like a women's swimsuit is like mm. um well, you know what the cut looks like, you know. So, like, there would have been a, there would have been a whole thing about like, oh god, I need to like, like, make sure my pubes aren't sticking out because that'll be embarrassing. And it's like, well, guys can just most of the guys just wore shorts, apart from this legend that wore a speedo. Yeah. Um But like, um, that's the just kid stuff. from the the kid from the continent, <laughs> the French or Italian kid. <laughs> there was no kids from the continent, must be. So. <laughs> um, yeah, there was a. Uh, Aye. So, like, there's all this stuff that, that like, I just didn't have to worry about, you know? Um, yeah. But I'm still worried. But, but, but I still worried. I'm still worried because, like, yeah, the brain just finds ways to to worry itself, I suppose. Yeah. Um, mm. I, right, I suppose what I'd like to move on to is veering more towards the direction of, like, what what you can be fond about uh combined with the more problematic stuff so i'm thinking particularly about having played rugby all my life yeah just like particularly when i was a teenager i had so much actual fun being in rugby teams and the the conversations and for want of a better word the banter that went around that and there's so much you need to like try and de-problematize later in life. And I suppose I've never explored this. Like, so I generally had quite a miserable time at uni. And on top of that, like the social life in the rugby team just wasn't for me. And I don't know how much it was that I'd grown up a bit, uh, or not grown up a bit, like become more critical of like, what we're really doing and saying and, and whether it's okay or not as a rugby team how much everyone growing up in a rugby team meant that all of a sudden like sex and alcohol are on the cards and in sort of hyper-masculine situations, those things can be very, lead to very like bad things. And how much it was just the fact that like, I didn't feel like I fitted in socially at uni anyway. Um, I didn't necessarily want to, but that like, I just like, there's all these factors to it. But ultimately, later in life, I was a lot more averse to like getting involved with the social side of rugby teams. Whereas when I was growing up, there was definitely a lot of um, problematic stuff when I think back on it now. But you've still also got the innocence of youth at the same time. Oh, yeah. If you see what I mean. That's quite nice. So like, so like here's a nice example of someone who later became a soldier actually so became a trained killer um but like different elements of their character that showed so much like aspiration to be you know like a full-time hard man which they which they did really um but also just kind of like how vulnerable they could be to embarrassment at the same time yeah and it was just like the the epitome of like fragile masculinity to some extent but basically, 
The hard this... men are always the ones that are most susceptible to embarrassments, Steph. Yeah. So for a start, he was he was a big lad. He always played prop in the front row in rugby. Um uh and he was definitely quite chubby before we like um properly hit puberty. And was after, and I think he's only like lost a lot of weight since joining the army and he's still, you know, big. But because uh, he used to play hooker and his dad was like he was like Mr Mr. Halifax of like the town and everyone knew him. Yeah. And uh so let's call him Jimmy. Okay. The son. The son. Son and right. his, his his dad'd be on the side and when they go in for the scrum, he'd be like, Come on, Jimmy, get nice and low. Toilet seat, toilet seat, <laughs> squat down on your toilet seat. And you could see him, like, you could see Jimmy getting into the scrum when he's only, like, 12, 13, and he's like, shut up, Dad, I know what I'm doing. <laughs> and it was, like, it was just good because it was, like, it was just kind of mugging him off. He wasn't being, like, uh, it wasn't calling his son, like, weak or pathetic or anything. He was just telling him the right thing to do. Yeah. And, and also like... telling him to have a shit. <laughs> and he, he was so yeah. embarrassed. He was so embarrassed. But yeah. later in life, that same lad, uh, I think by this time he'd like decided to join the army right after school. And this is when we were 16. And uh, we were on at like a training session or on the side of a pitch for a match once. And he was in a conversation with someone else. And just a few of us, just all we, all we caught <laughs> was the phrase... Ask anyone down at Halifax Rugby Union Club and they will tell you Jimmy bangs pussies. Oh, what? <laughs> and it was just like... <laughs> what? And it was just like... Wait, what him was the trying context to, for this? That he was a hard man. But where, where, where did you say you were? And you overheard like on this? the side of a rugby pitch. On the side of a rugby like pitch. Either like on the bench or at training or something like that. Oh, Jesus. Was he, was he, wait, was he trying to like impress women? Or, no, so it was saying strictly to a bunch of lads that he beats up weak people. Oh. But it was just so sexualized. Oh, I thought you meant. Yeah, maybe that's only funnier if, like, you know the context of how those guys spoke at my school. Oh, I thought you meant, like. But he meant, no, he meant, like, beat up soft people. Oh. But okay. it was just so, like, sexualized as well. Yeah. And he really yeah. didn't intend for that. And again, it was just like, there was just like so much humour in the fact that he kind of like wildly embarrassed himself by yeah. saying that. Yeah. When he was trying to sound hard as fuck. Yeah. And he, he kind of is hard as fuck in all the ways that I don't really condone anymore. But uh, I feel like probably now that I think about it, back in time, I um, I probably, you know, I wasn't as like hung up about coming across as hard and stuff. But I think whenever I tried to like veer into that territory, I probably embarrassed myself as well. Yeah. And I probably, th I probably thought, Oh, I'm embarrassing myself. Cause just like deep down, I'm not a hard person. Like I played rugby all my life, but I've literally never been in a fight. I've never given or received a punch. I think like people have grabbed me at the scruff of my neck a few times. And I've always been able to like abate the situation. Nice. Uh, Cause I'm such a great little diplomat. That's a and great skill. It is, isn't it? But I probably thought, oh, it's like innately because I'm not hard, which I'm not, as in like I don't have like that, I can't just see red kind of thing. Uh, I'm always like thinking about things quite cool-headedly. But equally, when you actually look at people who are hard, like when are they not embarrassing themselves? 
Like fuck it, like, yeah. an extreme example, but like Conor McGregor. Yeah. Like I just think he's one of the most laughable people ever, and like all right, he's like lived on the streets of Dublin, and he's kind of like got his very conservative nuclear Catholic family and all the rest of it now. But I just think like, like I'm just laughing at you all the time. I don't care how much you could like kill me with your bare hands. I... Same with like, same with like Tyson Fury. Like, just I, d- I don't, I, d- I don't know what the appeal is in terms of character, because I, 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 because I, I'm quite a big advocate of like aggressive sports. I think there's a difference between aggression and violence, right? Yeah, I. It's kind of like you know when uh, you know that image of um, I guess it's like a classic image from cartoon where um, there's a guy who'll like put his thumb in his mouth. And then he'll like kind of like puff it Blows up, and then like biceps up, muscle, yeah. And then someone yeah. comes along and like pops it, yeah, yeah. And it pops the pops the biceps, you know. That's kind of what I feel like a wee bit. It's always a wee bit fragile to me, but I mean, they could kick my head in and probably kill me with their bare hands. So it's easy for me to say, would I say it to their face? Would I fuck? What is masculinity? What I wanted to tell a wee story about. Um, the bus driver when go I on. used to go swimming. Go on. All right, so, so back to back to, back to swimming, right? Back to the good stuff. Just, what this what, podcast just, is really about. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, <laughs> I think we might just call the episode Alistair Bats on about swimming. <laughs> so, because um, cause I grew up in rural, rural Scotland, uh, the nearest swimming pool was... 15 miles away, right? Four. So we had to get on a coach. Um, and um, and those coach rides were like, I, I have really vivid memories of them, even though yeah. they were like a long time ago. And we had this, we had this coach driver. I can't exactly remember who he was, but he was somebody's cousin or uncle. And it's kind of like, it, he was, he was I like one of the, he was a member of like a local famous family right and it's one of these okay. families that's like big fish in a little pond situation yeah 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 right yeah. kind of like not like go on like Jim, jimmy's daddy used to say toilet seat aye aye yeah. not like a huge aspiration to like leave because they've got because they've they've got like a big yeah, network they've got their community exactly exactly and so this guy he was like kind of one of them and um aye but he was a bit he was kind of, he was kind of like see if you see if you threw a tennis ball at his head then yeah. it would take him like a couple seconds to realize that that anything the had tennis happened ball had hit. <laughs> yeah yeah he was he was like not really like totally with it you know i mean as long as he could drive a bus and well well and that's- could he drive a bus man <laughs> um so this kid was so this this bus driver was like kind of like local celebrity everyone wanted to like kind of impress him right and um, right, as every cool kid knows, where do the cool kids sit on a bus, Steph? Back at the back, exactly. But not when this guy was driving, right? Because everyone, let's just call this guy Billy, right? Because everyone wanted all the cool kids wanted to chat to Billy, and like, you know, they were like, oh, you so had they sat the front four seats, with the front eight, front ten. Front it was eight. like. A, all the lads Little. were like piling in. They wanted to get as close to Billy as possible, right? Because bloody hell! I, I, you know, like if you can impress Billy, 
then you know your stock is going to rise in the community. Right, okay. Do you know what I mean? Okay. Yeah. If Billy can vouch for you, then maybe you'll get served underage at a pub. Who knows? Oh, okay. Right. Yeah. You know that sort of thing, right? So, so everyone's like piled in and like try try to chat to Billy, and um, it all starts off like quite innocent. The patter. It's like yeah, yeah. How's it's like how's how so and so getting on? Aye, you're right. Aye, that's good. I know bad. Did you see the football? Aye, aye, aye. So there's all that, all that shit. Yeah. And yeah. then um. And then like Billy starts like making a couple of like quips, couple of like a couple of wee joke offhand comments, right? And then all the lads start like rolling about laughing. They're like Right. And you can see this you can see this change in Billy. So yeah. he, he had them hanging on his every word before, but now he's got like the explicit validation of laughter, right? Like and, they're, they're under his thumb. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. And he's you can see his kind of mind working. He's like, Oh, I don't, I've got a wee oh, this is nice. This is yeah, nice. Yeah, yeah. I'm driving a big bus. Got my pals behind me. Here we go. <laughs> um, and, you, and like, and then from then on, he was just like, he was absolutely on fire. He was just like hitting out with everything. He was like, bang, bang. You could see like, you could see like the rolodex of jokes in his mind going. He was just like picking them out. Oh, like here's, here's another one for you. Here's <laughs> another one. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Speaking of turtles, he <laughs> <laughs> was. Oh man. Oh, and uh, and then like eventually like we're all lapping it up okay and it's kind of yeah. like point, like a feedback loop and he gets more and more into it and then he starts like pushing the envelope a bit right cool. and then Wait, how old are you a lot like 13, 13 14. 14 yeah okay right. and then he starts like really pushing the envelope like with like gets his shoulder behind it you know he's oh. like giving it a good shove and um is there a teacher on the bus? Ah, uh, there's a couple of teachers <laughs> there's a couple of teachers but a fair on few the back. bus yeah yeah and uh Oh man. And then like he starts doing this thing where like we're in traffic and they were stopped in traffic at some traffic lights. And he's he like goes up as close as he can to the car in front. And right. like all the all the lads in the front are all like, Yeah, go on, get closer. Go on, Billy. Go on, Billy, get closer. And he's like, hey, wait, look at me go, wait. And he's like he's like tapping the brakes so that he like bounces forward like a bit by bit. And oh. I'm just thinking I'm just thinking like this poor fucking woman. Well I, no I'm thinking that now. At the time, yeah. I was like, "God, Billy, God, get close, hit it, Billy," and like, "Oh God!" But now, like, imagine how terrifying that would be. Like, as yeah, that yeah. poor wee woman, just like, because it was she was in like like Ford Fiesta or something. Yeah, and you've yeah. got this huge coach, and like, and you would be able to see in the in the rear view mirror. With this nutter driving it. <laughs> With all these kids, like monkeys, just like jumping around, like, yeah, God, Billy, and um, and he loved it, man. He was getting goaded by a bunch of boys whose like voices hadn't broken yet. It's quite sad, really. Yeah. But um, aye. And oh, then, that was a dark turn, wasn't it? <laughs> well, and then uh, yeah, <laughs> and then um, and then like the jokes are getting worse and worse. And there's one joke that I remember, which was like, it's really stuck with me, um, because it's like so inappropriate to yeah. tell a fourteen-year-old or thirteen-year-old, right, okay. um, and uh, it's not. I'll, I'll just tell it it's not it's yeah, not a yeah. nice joke but I'm just going to tell it for, for context but he goes he goes uh, here here boys here boys what did the blind man say when he walked into a fish shop oh we're like, I was thinking that yeah. yeah we're like what did the blind man say when he was in there and he's like oh. he goes uh, hello ladies and we're all like ha 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 ha, ha. wait what Wait, Did you actually just not we, get it? Yeah, none of us got it. None of oh. us got it, right? <laughs> <laughs> Nene's got it. So 
So then did he like, lose his crowd? <laughs> yeah, did yeah. He bomb. He bombed. <laughs> he bombed. He bombed, and he was like, "Oh, come on, boys, come on, you know, do you know, get it." And we were like, "No," nah. and he was like, "Well, you know, cause, cause women's fannies smell like fish," and we were like. Oh, ah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Ah, I get it now. Ha ha ha. Ah, man, like that is not on for like teaching a bunch of young boys that I don't know, man. It's just no right. Like he didn't make it um, another bus journey. I think that was his last ride. Oh, was his last that, ride. I think that was his last ride with us. Um, because, because, like, if a teacher heard that, then. The, he'd, yeah, he'd be, he'd be done. He'd be done. Yeah. Um, yeah. Aye. And I remember, like, thinking that was really... Um, after he explained it, I remember thinking that was really um, cultured, right? I felt like I'd I'd learned something that... I'd learned a bit of secret information. Oh, Do you know what I mean? I know, yeah, I know exactly Like, I was what part of the crew that knew this thing that was... That, like... Um, the adult thing. Aye, yeah. And... Um, but and it like, was actually the sexist thing. Yeah, yeah, both, yeah, yeah. And see when, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's horrible. And when I realised that, that like, women's families don't smell like fish as a matter of course, um, I was a little bit disappointed and felt like I'd been lied to. Mm. I was like, oh, Billy was, uh, Billy was full of shit. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean... There's, there's, there's something fishy about Billy. <laughs> Uh, uh, um, yeah. yeah, I guess yeah, it's all part really... of the swimming theme, you know. You got fish and yeah, but yeah, that's oh, that's such really an man. interesting trope. Like blokes, and I suppose we can only like talk about where we're from. But like in my memory, definitely like very like working class circles in in like Huddersfield in in some like a working men's club or like. Somewhere where you're a bit too young for you to be, but but because they're going to let you be there, you're there. And so you're doing a bit of underage drinking or whatever. And like you say, there's always there's always some older bloke who comes over and kind of like takes you under under his wing to like try and like teach you teach you what he sees as yeah. requisite humour for a man. Yeah, it's always shite. It's, it's always, always shy. not good. Yeah. Um, and you're but, like, uh, but so, so this is where I want to, want to, this yeah. is where I want to get to is like, it's shy and problematic, but there's such like a beautiful wit about a lot of it. I know that, what you mean. I know there's that, something in that, that has influenced no, undoubtedly both of us and which has made us want to do comedy. Yeah. Yeah. And so like, it's it's always an interesting process learning to separate the two. Mm. If you know what I mean. Yeah, it's difficult. Like, um, I like the line. If I'm being if I'm being honest, sorry, go on. Well, I was just gonna say, like, if you can land right on that line, um, the kind of like not cross the line with like a quick with see with like a quick joke like a quick like yeah. response if you can land right on the line then it's perfect right but um so many times uh it goes over the line and that's yeah like, yeah not that's not 
that's that's not the those are not the jokes you want to say. What are we making? If it doesn't go close enough to the line, it's shite, and it's not. It's like not that funny. Um, yeah. So you want to like it's difficult, and that line shifts. Um, and yeah, the line like, shifts like context to context, and um, <laughs> I don't like where these guys' lines is at. That's basically it. <laughs> but because the thing is. So I did a workshop with a, a performer who I find really inspirational. I can't remember if I mentioned this on the last... Yeah, mentioned I think it, it was before we recorded, though. Yes, yeah. Okay. And basically, like I always think like workshops are a bit gimmicky because if you want to be like your own performer, you're never just going to copy yeah, whatever yeah. someone you find really inspirational doing. But they said one of the most inspirational things they've ever heard, which they do want to pass on to everyone who wants to like be on a stage is don't worry too much about like narrative and the meaning behind everything you're doing. Just ask yourself in terms of like the setting of the venue and you and the audience, what do you desire? And like what I desire is like a really fucking rowdy room of people who like kind of hate me a little bit, but are still like laughing their heads off at everything I'm saying and doing. And there's like that tension and almost like loving aggression between like an audience and a performer. Um, but I just would might be doing that in drag or making some kind of comment about like fluid sexuality or, you know, left wing politics rather than making jokes like Roy Chubby Brown. <laughs> Yeah. But I still, I still want people like sipping pints, going like, Aah! yeah. But just about my like more progressive values, <laughs> yeah, basically. Yeah. Because when you're in those settings of like minging pubs, um, or when you're younger, like places you shouldn't really be drinking anyway, that humour always is like, there's a bit of a, a power thing and a bit of an aggression thing in it. You know, especially when you get like those older guys and they're sort of like, I am telling you a joke and it's funny, isn't it? Aye. Yeah, and yeah. Like with, like with, was it Billy? What's he called? Billy. Yeah. Billy's joke. It like, I remember just about two years ago, me and my friend like got chatting to some middle aged blokes in a pub in London and one of them was from Yorkshire and Lancashire and he'd like warm to our accent and stuff. And without sounding cocky, he found me quite funny. But then he was making all his dad jokes back and he was a terrifying man. It's a story for another day as to why. Yeah. But we'd established that he was a terrifying man. But he was making all these jokes and then he was just like looking me dead in the eye as soon as he cracked him. So I'd have to be like, yeah. <laughs> oh. And they weren't problematic in the way that like these ones from when we were younger were, but they just weren't funny. Mm. And uh, yeah, I lo- but I love that. It's It's something you learn from like, a, a kind of aggressive cultures like because there's not that there's no aggression in any culture but like sort of like generally lower class male circles there's so much like there's so much love deep down somewhere but it can easily like flip over to like aggression and even violence but within that is like s- some of the best humor and i just mean humor as a mindset as opposed to like the the content if you know what I mean. Mm. It's not what they're laughing about, because often that's like punching down on various minorities and and I'm not having that. But just that kind of like, just the back and forth is like absolutely divine sometimes. It's, it's, it's absolutely glorious. I love it. 
absolutely love it. Oh, because because what it also does is probably sometimes for not the reasons we'd want so much, but like you know when someone says like oh Jimmy bangs pussies and they're trying to sound really hard, but then like everyone just is laughing at them ten years later for it. Is that it also puts people in their place as well? Because while it does like put problematic people on a pedestal, it can show people up when they're being a dickhead as well. What? Wait, and that's what not a bad thing. If you call them out, you what? Yeah. Well, so like, what I'm saying is like, someone might have back in the day, someone might have made a joke that is problematic because it's punching down at a minority. Yeah. And that didn't get called out, and Aye. that should have been called out, but they get shown up for actually just like delivering a joke poorly or just not sounding cool or whatever. And then, but they, but you know, they're trying to like live up to something that they're not and, and being a bit self-righteous about it. And then, cause there's like a whole like economy of wit. Someone will get back at them with something else witty and then it'll show them up for what they really are. And there's value in that. I see. Yeah, 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 yeah. Aye. Aye. Yeah. I think I benefited that from that when I went to uni and I was like generally in more upper class circles. And then there was a lot of like really like shit chat going on. And that I'd, I'd been brought up to be quite sharp tongued because like you basically had to be quick witted to get by back at home. Uh-huh. Uh, and it wasn't necessarily the case at uni. I found out, despite everyone allegedly being cleverer. <laughs> um, but it, it, it allowed me to uh, attack a lot of people's pretensions just by uh, cracking a joke in a monotonous Yorkshire accent. Yeah. Uh-huh. So... Another thing that um, is maybe like more explicitly related to um, masculinity and, and like kind of groups of men is that uh, with Billy, he, when he was doing that, <laughs> when he was doing that stupid stuff, he was clearly like intoxicated by the feeling that he was a leader of these, B- bunch of wee, these yeah. young men, these bunch of wee pupilous wonders. <laughs> All right. Um, and um, he was like, ah, you could see that he felt like a leader and that like, meant yeah. something to him. And it like kind of go- goaded him into to this like really irresponsible behavior. And, and maybe that was one of the first times he'd felt like, like a leader in his life. I don't know. Cause he wasn't, he didn't like, he wasn't dripping leadership. Sure, qualities, yeah. You know? yeah. It wasn't, um, wasn't going to. Was it going to run for first minister? <laughs> no. Um, it, when he was growing up, I can't imagine that he was like a kind of like gang leader mm. sort of thing. But like suddenly in this context, he was. He was mm. the big man. And like that can, um, you know, groups of men can just do stupid yeah. shit. I, I like we yeah. know they can. Um, stuff that stuff that they wouldn't do by themselves or like. Yeah with the family yeah definitely it's like um, a, a herd mentality thing uh, I think that's also yeah. interesting because men are often implicitly told that like y- you are being conditioned to be a leader of whatever group yes. be it just a household yeah. 
all more men, all wider society and all the rest of it. And in every, you know, obviously like Billy was never going to leave his hometown. He was never going to leave his community. So it was never going to mean much really. And then even within the context of that, he, he, he might have been a big character in terms of like having a bit of chat, but ultimately he saw value in having this power over a bunch of lads really. So, so it shows mm. that like every man, if they keep to that script of, oh, you, you should control other people, they're going to go and find it somewhere somehow. Yeah, I know what you mean. Well, thanks for listening today. Uh, it was a bit of a, more of a roundabout one. We haven't had a, a strict reading list and there was no radical feminist theory involved. Uh, that will come back. That will that will make appearances again. But we just thought we'd... Uh, chat about a bit of patter when we were younger and see what was wonderful about it and what wasn't but what the bits that we cling on to as well uh do please like and follow us on get in instagram touch. get in touch email us instagram at antimask.podcast and uh i said leave a review on apple last time but i don't know if you can leave a review on apple podcasts i don't know but they um, could email us at... And say at antimaskpodcast at gmail.com. Oh. That is antimask with a C, by the way, but you probably know that if you're listening on Spotify or Apple already. Um, so, yeah, we'll uh, be back next week with a very heavy episode on gun violence. What is masculinity? For want of a better word, the banter. (laughs) 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 Fuck's sake.